make introversion something to cure? Hi, and welcome to the A&J PEI Treasures, E. Jean Simpson author, blog post, and podcast. I'm your host, Jean, coming to you from the lovely province of Prince Edward Island, Canada. Today's podcast and blog post explores how different personality types are now viewed as though they are a dysfunction and need to be overcome. This is a strange idea which puts value judgments on people who do not fit the mold. Over the past year or two, I've observed many people trying to overcome being an introvert. They talk about it like it is some sort of disease. They use terms like shy and socially awkward or anxious. Social anxiety and shy are not the main meat of what introversion is. In reality, it's just that there are different ways of dealing with life and interacting with the world. Neither one is specifically dysfunctional, but either one can be taken to extremes. If you want to find out more, stay tuned. As a confirmed introvert, I tend to be self-motivated. I tend to look at things and observe and think about things. I don't tend to enjoy groups very much. I'm not one of the in-crowd and never was. I have very little interest in fitting in. As Nolan Gould said, In this world, one thing you should definitely strive for is originality. Just be who you are and be your own person. That's what will make you stand out. So I thank Nolan Gould for that saying. I've never seen being an introvert as a disability or even a condition. I see it as simply another way that people operate in the world around them. Unlike a lot of extroverts, I'm not big on jumping out of planes, which is an extreme version of the extrovert interest in having adventure. My definition of adventure is going for a walk and seeing what I can find to take pictures of, or working on the latest book, or even going to a museum. I'm not a party girl. On the other hand, I tend to be willing to understand why people can see it as a disability. I mean, the ones that make the most noise and are the life of the party are the ones that tend to get further in certain occupations, though that is a whole different kettle of fish. I've often thought and said to some family members, if everyone was the same type of person, how would anything get accomplished? For example, if no one was filling shelves in the grocery store or cleaning the facilities because they all wanted to be a manager, how far would we get in the grocery store? Nothing would be there. We wouldn't be able to find our groceries, or we'd have to stock the shelves or take them out of the warehouse ourselves. How long would the world last with that type of chaos? Just as each person is unique and no two are alike, different people are interested in different things. We can't just assume one type of person is better than another type of person. It works the same for race, religion, etc., No two people are alike, and no one type of person is better than another. We say that over and over, yet we decide that some people are more important than others. The only thing that changes with regard to who is important is when something happens and then some other group is put down and another raised up. An example of this is all the memes floating around how certain groups, artists, actors, musicians, etc. are not doing anything for the pandemic, but we should find store clerks and truckers more important. 
not exactly the wording, but that's the idea. So we just switch around who is important and who isn't. Then what? Switch back as it suits later? It's not a step ahead in accepting the importance of each individual to the greater whole. There is no understanding of the interconnectedness of humanity. The mechanic for the snowboards, for example, is every bit as valuable to the team as the snowbird pilots. They are interconnected, as is all humanity. The stocking clerks are just as important as the grocery store manager. They just have different jobs and look at different things. We can't all run the place. We can't all be extroverts. Some of us have little interest in pursuing that lifestyle. Yet often there is a push for people to be more outgoing or fit in more. I think it was in school that the fitting in and the being one of the group was given the most focus. It results in a lot of unhappiness for those of us that are just not really group people. We don't dislike people. We just are able to enjoy time alone. We don't feel the need to be part of the group, but it is something that we are all encouraged to do and be. We, like the birds, strike against the window and fight to be something and someone that we aren't. I found that in the workplace, as I got older, I had less interest in socializing after hours. I also have a medical condition, which makes me tired sometimes. Sometimes that makes socializing much like walking through molasses, or tough sledding, as they say here in Canada. Some people are social butterflies. They enjoy almost constant interaction with people and being entertained. They have to be around others constantly and find themselves bored and out of sorts if they're forced to spend any time alone. Some of us need downtime. I think it becomes more evident as we get older and we get spouses and families that we can't keep up a frenetic pace. We have to balance out a bit. Though I don't think that extroverts become introverts as they age, neither do introverts become extroverts as they age. The extrovert still enjoys interactions in a greater quantity than the introvert, who always was more comfortable living on their own. We get labeled shy or socially awkward, and we need to be cured. We need to go out and make speeches, go out and get into group activities. We need to experience life. Apparently, we don't do that in the world of the introvert. I'm not sure what I'm missing out on, but it doesn't feel like a great deal. I'm an author, blogger, podcaster, and social media for A&J PEI Treasures. I've done other jobs in the past in different capacities. I don't need to have a whole group of people that I contact with to do this. I got to see a lot of the country, so where others have to do this in groups, I do this with my husband. I'm quite content to live life more quietly. So be realistically unrealistic and know that it takes all kinds of people to make the world. Some people are comfortable with groups, etc., and some are not. Not everyone can be the manager. Some people have to do the work. Some people do both. It's not a contest. We are all on different paths going along doing what we do. The world does not come off its axis because someone is an extrovert or someone is an introvert. As Stephen R. Covey said, strength lies in differences, not in similarities. And I think he's right there. We are all interconnected, and realizing that can make it easier to work together. Where I have strengths in one area, my husband has them in another. I don't try to do what he is good at, and he doesn't try to do what I'm good at. Yet we live quite well together because we got to know that we each were good at different things and left the other do what they were good at.
It's not the goal of life to become good at everything. It's not the goal of the world to be all the same person. So now there's another serious topic issue that I want to talk about. It's sort of an author tip. It seems that there are people out there that actually take people's work and do what they wish with it. It seems most prevalent in the ebook world where it seems it is easier to do this. One of the tips I would give is to make sure to check online and watch your online presence. Look out for scam sites. They tend to take your work. You get no credit for it, nor payment. They may put down how they take care of the work and if you find someone taking your copyrighted work to report it, but leave no method to contact if you have concerns. I've had to go to Twitter and see if I can get something done. I can't contact them. It is work from an old publisher that got put up. I know this because of the places and write-ups. I won't give the name because I have had to clean up after the mess that working with them left, and I don't wish to affect people who may already be working with them. Most important tip for this is keep an eye on your online presence. You can do Google Watch, but I didn't get warned by them. I did a manual check and found these things, which suddenly appeared months after I'd left the publisher and started to get on another publisher. How are authors going to maintain their work if they're having it misused, tossed around like so much rubbish? If you do anything online, then I recommend that you keep an eye on your work and your name. It takes a little time. I'm still not sure how I got to be the one chosen, because it seems a lot of my work is being messed with. So if you do ebooks, I suggest you check and check often. The only thing that seems to really work is contact with the RCMP or police agency, and even then it takes multiple tries for anyone to take it seriously. Just one more thing, I have one of my children's ebooks up for the 2021 TCK Award Categories Nonfiction, which is the fifth, I believe, in their categories. And the book is The Big Kid's Magical Path to Colors in Nature. If you have a moment, we could use some votes. And I'll leave a link to the place on my podcast write-up and on my blog post body. Thanks for listening to my podcast and or reading my blog post. And thanks for your interest in A&J PEI Treasures. Our blog posts are available on WordPress and Goodreads, and our podcasts are available on Anchor FM in a variety of formats and also accessible through iHeartRadio. My ebooks can be found on Amazon, and again, I leave links in my podcast write-up and my blog posts. Keep watching for more ebooks and more formats. I'm always working on something. Up until my discovery, I was working on getting up in Smashwords, another bump in the road. But if I can get five minutes together where I'm not being scammed or having my work taken without my consent, then I will get up and I will actually be, be an affiliate. Thank you again. Bye. Mm-hmm.